It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Jolly, bringing you the best of my Times radio show in a very specific and limited way. Uh, it's Wednesday, so obviously it's PMQ's unpacked. Tim Shipman is away, so it fell to Patrick Maguire, Times Red Box reporter and author of the Left Out uh, book, which you may have already read about the uh, extraordinary goings-on in the Jeremy Corbyn leadership. Uh, it fell to him to play the part of Tim Shipman. So this is how it all panned out. Order, order. I call Matt Chorley and... Patrick Maguire, uh, because Tim Shipman isn't here. Afternoon, Patrick. Afternoon. How are you doing? I'm very good. I'm very good. So uh, we've got uh, PMQs uh, coming up uh, fairly shortly. They're just doing the sort of the quick... Uh, quick changeover in the House of Commons because obviously there are only 50 people allowed uh, in the chamber. Um, a couple of backbench questions before we get to the main events. Um, uh, interestingly, in fact, maybe we should take this one when he pops up because Bob, Bob Neill uh, is the Tory MP who, who elicited the, the admission of law breaking from Brandon Lewis and he's got the second question on the order paper. Yep, Chairman of the Justice Select Committee, Bob from Bromley. Um... Exactly the caller you wouldn't want of you, the Prime Minister, today. <laughs> so it's currently uh, Manira Wilson, who's a Lib Dem MP, is asking a question, Boris Johnson uh, replying to it, and then we'll go to Bob Neill's uh, question in the, in the Commons chamber. Interesting as well, of course, uh, Patrick, uh, Keir Starmer being a lawyer may well be inclined to, uh, to stick the boot in. Well, yeah, he has an embarrassment of riches today. He has the government breaking the law and he has it being slow on testing, which is his favourite theme ever. So he'll, uh, he'll get stuck in, no doubt. And uh, obviously um, the SNP in Scotland aren't happy about this law-breaking. We'll hear from Ian Blackford as well before the uh, the half hour is is out. And then um, Tom Newton-Dunn, who we just heard from, but he's uh, watching all the all the other action from the back benches to bring us the best of the rest, as we say, uh, just after 12.30. Um, it'll be interesting, though, to see if Boris Johnson does any better than he did last week because he didn't really uh, um, cope terribly well under Keir Starmer's interrogation. No, he didn't, and I... If I was a betting man, well, which I am, um, <laughs> but if you could bet on uh, stakes quite as small as uh, Prime Minister's questions, I would be putting a lot of money on uh, Keir Starmer rattling him again and Tory MPs being just as uh, despairing of his performance as they were in the Prime Minister's last week. OK, then, uh, let's take that backbench question then from Sir Bob Neill. And also pledge that her government, Her Majesty's government, will continue to give them every support 
both in that matter and also in all the practical issues for which they may need our assistance going forward with the challenges which we jointly face as part of the British family. Uh, Mr Speaker, I congratulate my uh, honourable friend on the continual support he gives to the people of Gibraltar and to, to Gibraltar, and I can assure him that the sovereignty of Gibraltar is inviolable, and I join him, as I hope all members join him, in wishing the people of Gibraltar a very happy National Day on Thursday. Bob Neal there, blowing it and asking about Gibraltar. Anyway, here is Keir Starmer. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Uh, yesterday I spoke to a mum who lives in London. She's got a four-year-old daughter who had a very high temperature yesterday morning. She phoned That's 111 right. and was told to get a test. She tried to book and was told the nearest was Romford. That was nine o'clock in the morning. She explored that, but there were no tests there. She was then told Haywards Heath, halfway to Brighton. On exploration, no tests there. By lunchtime, this mum was told the nearest place was Telford, or Inverness. A slot became available in Lee Valley in the afternoon, one slot, but unfortunately that was being offered across the country, including to people in Manchester, and it was impossible to book. Nine o'clock last night, she was told the nearest centre was Swansea. This is frankly ridiculous. Who does the Prime Minister think is responsible for this? Uh, well, Mr Speaker, clearly I take responsibility as I have done throughout for the entire handling of the coronavirus crisis, but I would just say to those who attack NHS Test and Trace and uh, those who deprecate the efforts of uh, the people who are doing their level best to, keeping our, to keep us safe, Mr Speaker, that it is precisely because of the success of Test and Trace that a capacity uh, has gone up to, uh, from 2,000 a month in March of 320,000 uh, a day, and uh, we know, thanks to NHS Test and Trace, in granular detail, in a way that we didn't uh, earlier this year, Mr Speaker, about what is happening with this pandemic. We know uh, the groups that are suffering, the extent of the infection rates, and we've been able, thanks to NHS Test and Trace, to do the local lockdowns that have been working. We also know that, alas, some people have not been following the guidance in the way that they should, and therefore we are seeing a rise in infections. And that's why today we are taking decisive steps, Mr Speaker, to, in to intensify our social distancing measures, the rule of six that will be familiar to the country, in order that we can keep our economy going, that we can keep our schools open and keep this virus under control. And I hope that he will support those measures and indeed, Mr Speaker, support NHS Test and Trace. Yeah. Yeah, Blimey, there's a, there's a small speech there from the Prime Minister on the, the merits of Test and Trace. Interesting, Patrick Maguire, uh, Keir Starmer chooses to go on testing and not on this legal shenanigans, presumably because, frankly, that's what more people care about. Yeah, indeed, and also Keir Starmer doesn't want to talk about Brexit. That's been one of the features of his leadership. He won the Labour leadership because he was Mr Remain, but as soon as he won, he said, well, that's over. He's also uh, avoided this whole uh, attacking him from the left of the Brexit debate. So he's been basically saying, well, getting a deal isn't, e uh, isn't, isn't difficult, Boris. Just do it, you know, which is, which is not the sort of, the sort of uh, legalistic, um, 
you know, FBPE attack you might expect Keir Starmer to make in, in say, 2019 or 2018. So, yeah, it's interesting. And, and this attack, interestingly, although Boris Johnson tried to turn it into an attack on the NHS, it's very much a direct attack on the Prime Minister's competence. This is rubbish. Who's responsible for it? And as Boris Johnson said before, delivering that uh, long treatise on, uh, you know, the state of the nation, the answer is the Prime Minister. Yeah, he said, I take full responsibility for it. There's also a slight touch of the Corbyn from Keir Starmer saying, it's kicking off with, I spoke to a mum, you know, try to humanise what, what can otherwise be, you know, otherwise this becomes like a, you know, a abstract debate about, you know, percentages of tests and all that sort of stuff. Mm, yeah, well, it's, it is interesting. OK, let's go back to it. Let's get here um, Keir Starmer's second question. Mr Speaker, I'll hear the measures later on, but um, we will, in principle, support them, as I've supported all the measures the Prime Minister has introduced, as he well knows it's the right thing to do, and I've asked people to follow government advice on every opportunity. Mr Speaker, nobody's attacking here. The Prime Minister needs to know how anxious hundreds of families are. In the last few weeks, they've been sent all over the country or told there are no tests. It can't be brushed off. On the 21st of this year, the Health Secretary said anybody who needs a test can get a test. It's the most important thing that you can do to, spread the, to stop the spread of this virus. This is a very serious issue. And the government line on this seems to be changing all the time. Yesterday, the Director of NHS Test and Trace said, can I offer my apologies to anyone who can't get a test? It's a laboratory processing problem. This morning, the Health Secretary changed tack and appeared to blame the public. I note that he made a statement yesterday and faced questions and didn't say anything about the excuse that he puts forward this morning that emerged overnight. So who's right? The Director of Test and Trace, this is a laboratory problem, or the Health Secretary, it's the public's fault? A straight question from Keir Starmer. Mr Speaker, I I of course sympathise with all those who are facing difficulties getting uh, tests as fast as they want, but uh, demand is at an unprecedented high, particularly because demand for uh, asymptomatic patients, but he should know that this country has done more tests, 17.6 million, than any other country in Europe. That is thanks, that is thanks to the, and he likes these international comparisons, Mr Speaker, that is thanks to the efforts of NHS Test and Trace. Uh, they are, in my view, doing an absolutely heroic job in spite of the difficulties that they face. They've massively raised uh, their output and are testing, and they will be up to testing 500 thousand tests a day by the end of October. This is an organisation that is working heroically to contain the spread of this disease and it requires the public to trust this organisation and to participate, Mr Speaker. Yesterday, the Right Honourable Gentleman said it was on the verge of collapse. I think those were ill-chosen words. I think he he now regrets uh, those words. I think he should reflect and he should take them back. Starmer. Oh, so there we are. So Boris Johnson turning it into a question for Keir Starmer. Well, yeah, a straight answer uh, to an entirely different question, not to the question Keir Starmer asked. Um, and as you see, Keir Starmer, from the outset of that question, I'm Mr Constructive, I love your government, I, I take a job in your government if you <laughs> ask me, Prime Minister. That's what he quite said. Well, look, look. You know, <laughs> he supports all of the measures. I support you? all of your measures. I'm, you know, a, a really responsible bloke. Then Boris Johnson throws it back, saying, "I can't believe you're uh, you're attacking me. Here are a load of statistics you didn't ask for, and aren't actually relevant to the substance of your question. Um, and won't you uh, atone for this absolutely disgraceful mark you didn't make?" Um, we saw this last week with his comments on the IRA, and this is the point at which it which it always gets spicy, so I'm sure we'll... Yes, it does feel like it's been a bit flat so far. It's worth pointing out that when Boris Johnson talks about uh, how the UK's carried out 17.6 million tests 
more than any other country in Europe. I mean, that covers a whole variety of tests. It's not just specifically the have you got coronavirus test. It's the antibodies and the... Yeah, and all of that. So um, it's just worth pointing out. Let's see if it does get a bit spicier. Mr Speaker, hundreds of families are trying to get a test in the last week and they can't get one. I do acknowledge the number of tests overall, but this is basic stuff. People who've got COVID symptoms are very anxious about themselves, their children, their families, and what to do. It means they can't go to work, they can't send their children to school. It matters. And if they can't get tests, the Prime Minister needs to take responsibility. And not just about the future or something else, but address <laughs> this problem. And I want to take it further because it's not just that people are being told to go hundreds of miles. Somebody contacted me yesterday and said this, my wife has a temperature and they said we needed to isolate and get a test done. I've been trying to book a test. This is yesterday, Prime Minister. And the site says no capacity. Then I tried for a home test kit and they're telling me that there are no kits available at present. This is the state today, yesterday. Yesterday there were no tests available in London, the same the day before. Prime Minister, what is happening? Well, Keir Starmer there uh, stepping up his criticism, although it does slightly feel like he's slightly losing the focus. To use up one of your six questions on what is happening, just slightly invite what... I mean, I may be wrong, but it's slightly invite a bit of blather. Well, it, it will, it will uh, you know, Boris Johnson will inevitably say, what's happening is we've got a world-beating track-and-trace system and we've got a leader of the opposition who just can't stop carping. Right, let's have a look. Uh, let's, uh, let's see what happens. Mr Speaker, I note that he won't take back his uh, criticism and his attack... Uh, on NHS tests and trace. I know that he, I know, I, I, I regret that. He, I gave him the opportunity, Mr. Speaker, to withdraw uh, his verdict that it was on the verge of collapse. It is not. Uh, they're, doing a, they're doing a heroic job. Uh, they're testing hundreds of thousands of people. And yes, Mr. Speaker, we will do more. And the world we want to move to as fast as possible is a world in which we can take, everybody can take enabling tests at the beginning of the day, an antigen test to identify whether or not we have the virus or not, uh, with it, uh, like a pregnancy test, within 15 minutes or so, so that we know uh, whether we're able to live our lives as normally as possible. That's the vision that the Health Secretary and others have been sketching out over the last uh, few days. That's where we intend to get to. In the meantime, NHS Test and Trace is doing a heroic job, and today, today I can tell him that most people get an in-person test result within 24 hours and the median journey is actually under 10 miles if you have to take a journey to get one. Yeah. Um, Mr. Speaker, um, we no, I don't know. That was, that was Boris Johnson responding um, to uh, Keir Starmer's uh, general point on what on earth is going on. And I mean, if this has been discussed uh, by Matt Hancock, I'm not totally sure it's been fleshed out in quite the... The absolutely everyone should be able to take a test at the start of every day, like a pregnancy test, so you can leave the house safe in the knowledge you haven't got coronavirus. That seems quite ambitious. Well, this was the kite flying Matt Hancock did last week, which was they were going. The government was going to spend five hundred million pounds on a new kind of saliva test, um, which instead of swabbing yourself, you just basically sort of spit into a tube, and you can almost immediately tell whether you've got coronavirus or not, and that would stop the need for social distancing. But as you say. Um, there wasn't much meat on the bones of that plan. And it sort of seemed... If you look at Keir Starmer's PMQ strategy every week, it's simply to say, well, you said this two months ago, and manifestly it's not happened. For Boris Johnson to put that on the record himself uh, is just inviting, in a month's time, another very indignant exchange with Keir Starmer, at which he said, well, look at the figures. We haven't done this. 
Yeah, and what's I mean, wrong with you? And it, it seems quite extraordinary. The response to the question, uh, "What on earth is going wrong now?" is, "Well, we're going to try and do even more." Yeah, anyway, let's as go Keir back. Starmer said, "Not the future." Let's go. Let's go back to Keir Starmer now. If you like what you're hearing, you can listen to the whole of my Times Radio show. Either listen back on the Times Radio app, or you can listen live Monday to Thursday, ten till one. We'll have more on the episode after this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. isolate to succeed. Now, I've offered my support before, but the Prime Minister is ignoring a problem. If people are being told to go hundreds of miles, something is wrong. It's got a lot worse in the last week or two. Everybody in this House knows it because they've all had constituents telling them it. And the Prime Minister talks about capacity. The latest government figures were updated last night. They show that, on average, 75,000 tests are not being used every day. If there's 75,000 that are not being used, why yesterday were people being told to go hundreds of miles for a test? Why yesterday were people being told there's no capacity? Go back to Boris Johnson. Mr Speaker, the, the issue at the moment is that there has been a massive increase in the number of people who need or want tests, and particularly uh, people who don't have symptoms. And we need, and I hope he agrees, we need to prioritise uh, people such as NHS frontline staff, our care workers, who urgently need those tests. And as we massively increase the number of tests, it is those, it is those groups who are getting priority. And uh, I, I can just tell him, actually, he's, he's wrong uh, in what he says about the, the failure of NHS uh, test and trace. Uh, uh, let, me tell, let, me, let me tell him that uh, of those contacts that supply details, 80% are reached and 320,000 people have been persuaded to self-isolate and to stop the spread of the D. That is the British people ignoring his attempt to undermine confidence in test and trace, ignoring his attempt to undermine confidence, and working together, working together to get this disease defeated. 
Keir Starmer. Uh, Keir Starmer. I mean, it, it, to the extent that Keir Starmer does eye rolls, he 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 did one uh, just then at the response to that. Um, I, I feel like there's a slight repeat of last week and previous sessions in the um, Boris Johnson is flailing about a bit, but Keir Starmer's not really sort of hitting the nail on the head either. Well, that in in uh, Boris Johnson's reply to an earlier question, you see the germ of why Keir Starmer isn't doing that. And he didn't do that last week either. Remember, Boris Johnson was wanging on about how um, Keir Starmer was an IRA sympathiser. All Keir Starmer needed to say was, you've nominated Claire Fox, a woman who has apologised for the violence of the IRA and defended the violence of the IRA um, to the House of Lords. But he didn't. He, he always, if there's a chance to go for the jugular with his studs up, he always turns it down. I think for fear of being seen as the person who goes on the attack, the person who carps, Mr. Non-Constructive, or Mr. Destructive, rather. Um, so, as you say, this is why, where these exchanges, um, why these exchanges sort of go on for so long, because Keir Starmer's making a conscious decision not to, you know, uh, dish out the, the, the coup de grace. But then if it, also, obviously, if he really goes to Boris Johnson, Boris Johnson's perfectly capable of get, really going for him uh, back. Exactly. Uh, so that was, uh, I think we have four questions now. Let's see what happened in the fifth exchange. Mr. Speaker, I'm listening carefully to what the Prime Minister says. What's undermining confidence is families being told to go hundreds of miles and they can't get a test. That's undermining confidence. I just want it fixed. We don't need to have an argument. What's the problem? Accept there's a problem. Tell us what the solution is and we'll all muck in and try to make it better and tell our constituents. Is the prime, I've been listening. Is he saying there are too many people coming forward for tests? It's a capacity problem or not? People are trying to do the right thing. They want to go back to work. We want children back in schools. The Prime Minister is encouraging that, quite right too. We understand that. We support that. The government side of the bargain was to deliver an effective test, trace and isolate scheme. But two weeks into September, there's a glaring hole. Can the Prime Minister tell us, when did he first know about this particular problem of having to go hundreds of miles or that tests were not going to be available? It's last week it's arisen. When did he first know that that was a problem? This is one of Keir Starmer's... Uh, he tried this last week on uh, on a different topic. On It was on exams. Mm. When did you first know that things were going wrong? I'm going to suggest Boris Johnson won't answer this question. Let's take a listen. Uh, Mr Speaker, it's obviously a function of the growing demand and the growing public confidence in NHS test and trace uh, that uh, we have to supply more and more tests, and that's what we've been doing. I, I think, Mr Speaker, I don't know whether he's been listening. I've probably tried to give the House the figures. Uh, actually, thanks to the heroic efforts of NHS Test and Trace, we've gone up from 2,000 tests a day in March to 320,000 uh, a day uh, today. And uh, it is thanks to the efforts of, uh, of those thousands of people who are listening keenly to his words for some support or some encouragement or some belief in what they're trying uh, to do. It is, it is thanks to them that people, uh, on average, uh, have to travel less than 10 miles, and it is thanks to them that 80% of the contacts uh, that they identify, a coronavirus patient identifies, are reached and told to self-isolate. That's what we're trying to do, Mr Speaker. It's hard work. It's hard work. It's a big job. And they're doing a fantastic job. And I really think what they would like to hear is some praise and encouragement and support from the right honourable gentleman. He falls back on that every time. Talking the NHS down. Talking the NHS down. Uh, I mean, Keir Starmer, he didn't quite say he was willing to join the government, but when he he said, we'll all muck in. Well, that's neat. I'd love to see what Keir Starmer mucking in looks like. (laughs) Maybe maybe the top button undone and uh, slightly less sensible shoes. But the the interesting question, the interesting thing about that answer is, on the left, Keir Starmer's critics on the left will always say, 
attack the government. They will they will question the wisdom and the ethics of government policy. The notable thing about Keir Starmer's question was, everything you are doing is right. They've taken a decision not to say, you are wrong to call to go back to work. Their strategic decision is, okay, you've set out this prospectus. Can you do we'll it? Or, you can it. you yeah. do it or not? Rather than saying, well, you absolutely shouldn't take people back to the office. Keir Starmer's decision is to say, not my call, Gov. I wouldn't do it like that, you know, like the Harry Enfield fella. Uh, I don't believe you want to do that. Um, <laughs> Turning up after the event. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, let's see if in the final exchange this word soup produces a sound bite usable from either of them. Mr Speaker, why can't we just hear from the Prime Minister an honest answer? If he stood, if he, if he, if he stood at dispatch box and said, I know something's gone wrong in the last couple of weeks, we've been getting hundreds of examples of people being sent all over the place or being told there's no test. I've looked into it. I've worked out what the problem is. Here's my plan. People might be reassured. But as ever, he pretends the problem isn't there. The infection rate is rising. This is the very point we need a functioning testing regime. But far from the world-beating system we were promised, the government, the government can't even get the basics right. The government is lurching from crisis to crisis. It still lacks even basic incompetence. This is what's holding... It lacks competence. Yes, Prime Minister, it lacks competence. <laughs> An unfortunate slip there from This Keir is Starla. what's holding Britain back. So my final question is this. When is this problem with test, trace and isolate going to be fixed? Mr Speaker, I, th I think he was on the money when he said that this government lacked incompetence. If I can just, just uh, say to him that we are working flat out to, addre and, uh, to address uh, all the issues confronting us uh, today, uh, including it trying to get the infection rate down. And we are getting on, Mr Speaker, with taking the tough decisions, making the tough calls that will take this country. For when it came to uh, saying schools were safe, he was silent because he didn't want to offend his union bosses. And when left-wing anarchists, Mr Speaker, tried to destroy the freedom uh, of the press, he was silent because for some reason he didn't want to offend crusty left-wing anarchists. And uh, when it comes to, uh, when it comes, by the way, to sticking up for our UK internal market, Mr Speaker, and uh, for delivering on the will of the British people, one of the most important issues facing us today. He is totally silent on this bill that obsesses uh, the rest of his backbenchers. He's totally silent. Great Ox, once again, has stood on his tongue. He has nothing at all to say about that subject today because he doesn't want to offend the huge number of his backbenchers who want to overturn the verdict of the people and take us back into the EU, which is, of course, what he wants to do himself. This government gets on and takes the tough decisions on behalf of the British people, delivering thousands of jobs through our kickstart scheme, a record-breaking investment in affordable housing, £12 billion affordable housing programme, and getting on with all our work working with the British people and working with the Honourable Right Honourable Gentleman, if he would only do so, to get coronavirus defeated and to take our country forward. We take the tough calls. All he does is sit on the sidelines and carp, Mr Speaker. Well, where to start with that melange of, uh, well, of thoughts? I mean, Boris Johnson sounding quite cross that Keir Starmer hadn't gone on this question of breaking the law in order to get his way on Brexit. Well, yeah, indeed, because that, that was, that's exactly what you would expect a Labour leader elected as the Tribune of Remain to do. But the interesting thing about that answer is, as with all of Boris Johnson's answers, you can, well, not all of them, actually vanishingly few of them, you can boil it down to a single sentence. Boris Johnson, in the eyes of Keir Starmer, is slow and incompetent. Keir Starmer, in the eyes of Boris Johnson and indeed actually Jeremy Corbyn and other, 
others on the Labour left, is silent and doesn't think anything, um, which is actually quite a powerful critique. And that's a critique you'll see Tories try and make of Keir Starmer. It's where's Keir? And whereas the left uh, read into that that Keir Starmer is unwilling to stand up for their values, the uh, the Tories and the government read into that as, well, he's in hock to Extinction Rebellion, Len McCluskey, whoever. So it's um, Keir Starmer thinks this is, is, is secret weapon. They think it's theirs. I'm not, I'm not sure there's anything from that that you would necessarily put in a TV clip tonight. But anyway, it is worth pointing out that um, Keir Starmer did, in fact, uh, c- condemn the extinction of a protest, saying a free press is a cornerstone of democracy. Uh, that may be, maybe Boris Johnson just missed that. Um, let's see if we, um, uh, in terms of news or making any progress on anything, let's see if there's any more successful with the SNP's Ian Blackford. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Shortly, this government will publish its internal market proposals. I've seen them. It is nothing short of an attack on Scotland's Parliament and an affront to the people of Scotland. As we've already heard, this legislation breaks international law, but it also breaks domestic law. The Prime Minister and his friends, a parcel of rogues, are creating a rogue state, one where the rule of law does not apply. Why does the Prime Minister think that he and his friends are above the law. Yeah, yeah. So Ian Blackford, uh, happy well, to go on, on that. Contrary, Mr. Speaker, this uh, UK Internal Market Bill is about uh, protecting jobs, protecting growth, uh, ensuring the fluidity and safety of our uh, UK internal market and prosperity throughout the United Kingdom. And it should be welcomed, I believe, uh, in Scotland, in Northern Ireland, Wales, and throughout the whole country. Ian Blackford. Well, of course, we saw the Prime Minister breaking the law last year of the prorogation of Parliament. We've seen the behaviour of Dominic Cummings, and we know that this government's prepared to break its international obligations. And what the Prime Minister said is complete rubbish, and the Prime Minister knows it. His own white paper was clear that state aid is going to be grabbed back from Scotland and handed to Westminster. Mr Speaker, if the Prime Minister won't listen to the Scottish Government, will he listen to the NFU Scotland President, who warned that the proposals limit the devolved administrations. The Commons Constitutional Affairs Committee that warned it will create new reservations in areas of devolved competence. And the General Teaching Council for Scotland that warned that it undermines devolved education functions. That, Mr Speaker, is the reality. Mr Prime Minister, Scotland is speaking out, and I state that the Scottish Parliament will reject this attack on devolution. So the question is, Will the Prime Minister break domestic law, disregard the settled will of the Scottish people, ignore the concerns of Scotland's communities and press ahead with this bill? The time for Scotland's place as an independent, international, law-abiding nation is almost here. Our time has come. Uh, Well, uh, the the answer, Mr Speaker, is that, uh, yes, indeed, we will press on with this Bill, because I believe that his attacks on, uh, on it are totally illogical. Uh, it actually represents a very substantial uh, transfer of, of, of powers, of sovereignty uh, to, uh, to Scotland, uh, to Wales, uh, to North. It's a, it, is a, it is a massive devolutionary act. What it also does is, uh, and I, know, I, I, think, I believe this is common ground uh, across the dispatch box, uh, it also ensures, it also ensures, it also ensures the integrity of the UK internal market. And uh, uh, he, he speaks of 
a transfer of powers to, uh, to, the, to the UK government. On the contrary, what he would do, Mr Speaker, is transfer powers uh, not just over competition and state aids back to Brussels, but of course over fisheries too. And that is the policy of the Scottish Nationalist Party, and it would be a disaster for our country. Well, there, there we are. Probably not a great surprise that uh, Ian Blackford uh, making the case for Scottish independence, but also asking the question that some Labour MPs would be wanting Keir Starmer to ask as to why exactly the Prime Minister thinks he can break international law. It is worth pointing out, Ian Blackford saying that the government's plan to break domestic law. I mean, that's not actually possible. No, because it's making a new domestic law. New, yeah. law uh, yeah, domestic law is domestic law, and that's, yeah. um, and that's, the, uh, that's, uh, that's how it stands. Um, Boris Johnson insisting we will press on with this bill, though. They're obviously undeterred by the way today. No, uh, well, exactly. Um, and obviously, as Brandon Lewis, the Northern Ireland Secretary, said at the dispatch box yesterday, there is, press, there is limited uh, precedent for this sort of thing. But if I was Ian Blackford, I wouldn't necessarily go tonto on this question of breaking the law, of governments breaking international law, because that is a question the SNP is going to have to confront in the next term of the Scottish Parliament. When Boris Johnson inevitably says no to the next Scottish independence referendum, people like Ian Blackford and Nicola Sturgeon will try and strike the posture they just struck, which is, we are better than this, we're the constitutional nationalist party, we do things by the book, uh, in contrast to those idiots down there, whereas a huge swathe of the SNP they are, the Samandistas will be saying, "Let's hold our own referendum. Let's let's you know let's uh, do let's do a Catalonia." So really, Ian Blackford is quite smug today. But ask him two years about governments breaking international law, and I'm not sure he'll look so confident. <laughs> Uh, well, that was uh, PMQ's and Pat. Brilliant to be joined by uh, uh, Patrick McGuire, Times Red Box reporter and uh, author of the new book, Left Out, the inside story, the extraordinary and actually at times quite funny story of uh, the uh, Corbyn leadership um, of uh, of the past couple of years or so. How's the book going well? I, 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 it would be immodest of me to say so, but um, I, I think so. And uh, how many different tribes in the Labour Party have you upset? Almost uh, all of them. All of them, actually, oh, which um, I think is a sign of... Uh, that this isn't even-handed and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we're equal... You know, we started from the premise we're equal opportunities, everybody had an equal capacity for incompetence and so it proved. Nobody in the Labour Party covered themselves in glory in this book or indeed in the past five years. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Red Box podcast. Uh, you can now listen back to my whole show on the Times Radio app, where you can also now listen to all of the Times podcasts, including Red Box too. Make sure you subscribe and review at the Red Box podcast wherever you listen. But for now, for me, Matt Chorley, it's goodbye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.